0: Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Mom to Mom. I'm Maria Sansone. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. So today we're talking microaggressions. I'm sure you've heard the word, but do you really, really know what it means? They are basically the slights that people of color have to deal with on a daily basis that can feel like death by a thousand little paper cuts. And if you need some examples, my guest today, TikTok star Clara Bell, is here to make it pretty crystal clear. Take a look.
1: Are you able to wash your type of hair? I wonder if it would get curly if you wet it. Have you ever tried to wet it?
0: And Claire Brown, aka TikTok star Clara (laughs) Bell, is here with us now on the big screen. Welcome to mom to mom I'm so glad you're here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) This
0: is so exciting. So before we talk about Clara Bell, which is how we know you on the TikTok, talk to me about Claire Brown.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, I've been creating content on the internet for a long time. Um, Before I started on TikTok, I was actually a fashion blogger. I started fashion blogging in 2009 when it was very new the space was really new um and it was really fun um and then i did that for about 10 years uh and then i had my kids and fashion blogging didn't quite work with um momming i mm-hmm. guess um And then, but around that time, Instagram reels came out um, and I started playing around with reels because I am a a theater kid. Um, So that was fun. And everyone said, oh, you have to be on TikTok. And I thought, "Uh, am I too old? Like, isn't TikTok for teens? Um, and I started creating content over on TikTok and the youth accepted me (laughs) Um, and it was really fun and people are just so talented over there. So I kind of caught the short form video bug. Um, and so I've been creating, um, videos on TikTok now for about two years or a year and a half.
0: Wow. So when things hit for you, like they really hit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel that's not a long
0: time to be out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been over there for very long. Um, but I feel too. TikTok puts you in a niche. Um, so when I started posting my microaggressions content, that really blew up. So I just sort of created, it was world building and I kind of created a niche out of that.
0: So how did you go from fashion blogging and having that be like your clear point of view to this world, which you're mainly focusing on microaggressions at this point. So how did that, how did that sort of happen? What was, did it just organically happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't planned. I always say, you know, I I talk to people who are aspiring content creators, video content creators. And one thing I say is that TikTok chooses your niche for you. So, you know, if you want to start creating on TikTok, be sure that you have, um, if you create a video that does well, you can continue that type of video. Um, but I also felt it wasn't, imp- I, I felt that microaggressions videos are really important. And I started making them in the, in the wake of George Floyd's death, because it was a time when specifically a lot of black women were speaking out about, um, microaggressions and about the day-to-day sort of race racist undertones that they had constantly experienced and people were so surprised they were like wow i can't believe i've never heard of this this is shocking and for me i was like wow like there's just such a big disconnect um in how we talk about race and how we talk about racism um and so i felt like there was this place where i could educate um, and and continue that dialogue in a way that doesn't feel preachy. That feels, um, you know, humorous, but you're still learning. Um, and you know that isn't because I do feel like lots of there's so many amazing actual anti-racist creators who say the exact same things I do, but they just say them like this is a microaggression. This is what it is. This, but it's it like the particularly the white audience doesn't feel how we feel. Um, So I think acting it out and reversing it kind of forces you to, feel it. And, and then you can kind of see that despite the word micro being in microaggressions, that they have this huge impact and you feel terrible after, you know, you come into contact with one and it's something that happens all the time, all the time. for us. So, And when
0: I watch your videos, there's so many layers. It's almost like you have to watch <laughs> them a few times to kind of catch all of it. So for people, we yeah. saw a little bit of what you do, but kind of explain how you flip the script and how you position your videos to help people better understand microaggressions.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I kind of tackled two avenues first being a woman. Um, obviously there's, you know, gender specific or, um, microaggressions and then race. So, um, I, base them entirely off of conversations I've had or conversations I've heard or things that I see in the media. Um, and I essentially just flipped the language, you know, so instead of people saying, Oh, you know, you're, you're so, you're so pretty for you know, an, an African-American. I'll, you know, I'll flip that. You're, you're so pretty for European American, um, to kind of like see those like little, slights that I don't think people oftentimes realize that they're doing, but the way that um, people will otherize people of color, people will otherize women um, and immediately kind of put them down a peg, just right out the gate using language. So I usually, I mean, it doesn't take me very long to create the videos. Um, I don't write anything out. I usually just I'll hear something. And then I just sort of improvise in a video. Wow. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I just try to base them off of real life as as much as I can um, and make them really true to life. And I think that helps to make them more impactful because it's, you can, as you're watching them, you can say, Oh gosh, I've, I have seen this said in reverse and now I kind of see how those words are, are, hurtful, um, even if I didn't necessarily intend for them to be, or even if they're not necessarily hurtful, how they're otherizing and or exhausting or unneeded in a, in a discussion.
0: I guess it's kind of disturbing then how easy it is for you to come up with (laughs) content in this case. Yeah, I know. Yes. It's too easy for you. Wow.
1: Yes. (laughs) You also
0: flipped the script on the narrative of American history in some of your videos, and we've got a clip of that. So let's watch.
1: We have to start thinking about the white history month issue. Didn't we just do that? Yeah, that was last year. There's a white history month every year. Apparently. Yeah. What about Taylor Swift? She was on the cover last year. Well, is there anyone else?
0: So tell us what you were trying to you're trying to show people in this clip. Yes. So
1: I feel like that we there's lots of checkbox sort of performative moments when we talk about race. And one of those is definitely Black History Month um, and how you can tell in lots of instances that it's an afterthought that, you know, there's always the same kind of five talents that are on every magazine cover, Um, I would probably imagine that, you know, in this upcoming issues, we'll see a lot of Zendaya, you know, we'll see a lot of Kiki Palmer. um, And it's always kind of this just nod. Nothing is said that is um, particularly groundbreaking. We're not really learning anything. Um, It's just like, let's just check the box so we can get back to normal content, which is usually very white specific, um, you know, so I'm sort of showing how, you know, companies or how I would imagine companies planning for Black History Month, like, oh my gosh, is this again? I feel like we just did this. Like, what more do these people want from us? Um, let, let's, let like, who do we know? Do we know any, are there any famous Black actresses? I don't know. Um, and kind of how we don't even think about diversifying content oftentimes, unless we're forced to, and then that shows in the output.
0: Hey, if you like Mom to Mom and you're a fan of The Hub today, you've got to sign up for our new newsletter. It's called The Hubbub and it is delivered directly to your inbox every Wednesday morning. We've got great Mom to Mom content on there, recipes and all kinds of cool stuff. So all you have to do to sign up is go to nbcboston.com/newsletters and click on The Hubbub. So in these videos, these little TikToks, you take on yeah. sexism, racism, patriarchy, gender, religion. Is there ever a space that you're like, I'm not going there? Or do you just yeah. you and face and people, everything? Yeah.
1: I try to stay in my lane. You know, I am black. I'm female. I grew up Christian. Um, I, so people will ask me sometimes, you know, oh, you should tackle microaggressions from an Asian perspective. And that is not my lane. I'm not Asian. I don't know. I, I can't speak to that in a way that is authentic. Um, and then I also don't really touch much on LBGTQ plus issues just because I am straight. I feel like that would come better from someone within that community. Um, so I, I try to discuss issues that, um, I, I can relate to um, just so I'm not overstepping. I do touch on heteronormative behaviors in my video because I feel like I can speak to that um, just having experienced sort of the privileges that come with being straight and how that's, you know, I don't have to come out or, you know, all of those kind of silly things that um, people who are not have to deal with. But I, I do feel like um, There are some microaggressions I can't speak to because I'm just sure. not part of that community.
0: Well, you've said that you're fluent in coded racism. And so that's something you feel comfortable speaking to. So can you explain exactly what that means?
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, my upbringing and then, you know, some of my hobbies have put me into um very predominantly white spaces a lot um you know and then inevitably you know I, I i work in a corporate job and so and i have for years and i'm always one of the only people of color you know in the whole department um so you know you start to hear things over and over you know starting when you're in preschool and you're the only black girl in class um so you just you get an ear for people otherizing you um with language that doesn't sound overtly racist um but is, um, because you're still there ensuring that, you know, that you're on the outside of this community. Um, so I think it's just practice. I mean, it's 30 plus years of, you know, hearing the language. Um, so I've gotten pretty good at flipping it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How has the reaction been in these past two years
1: yeah i mean that lots of people ask me that question they're like oh my gosh do people get mad um and no actually um the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive um yeah i of course it's the internet i'm not that's unusual for
0: social media i, mean, it is. I can post it like is. a recipe for meatloaf and people get mad <laughs> so I know for you I know. you're it's doing true. something right <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, um, positioning it um, humorously, I think, helps to um, clear the air and set the tone that I'm not yelling at anyone, um, that we're all learning together. Um, I don't think anyone is above making these types of mistakes. Um, so it's, you know, the idea is that, like, I don't ever want people to be like, oh, I've never, I've never made like a, a racial misstep. I've never said something stupid and been like, oh my, oh my goodness. I can't believe I said that. I need to back it up, apologize. Um, so I think that helps. Um, but I think also I work really hard to make them true to life. So it doesn't, um, there's no real room for dissent because it's like, we all hear it. We all, you know, hear these moments of um you know, racial discomfort where maybe in the moment when you heard it, you didn't know why it made you feel uncomfortable, but hearing it flipped makes it very clear. Um, and the same with, you know, gender and the patriarchy, like we all had these moments when we're like, why do they, you know, only talk about George Clooney and not, you know, his wife, who's this incredible woman or, you know, why do, um, we demonize Meghan Markle mm. for kind of no reason, like all of these moments of tension kind of unpacking them, um, comedically and keeping it true to life. I think helps it's me avoid getting a lot of pushback, yeah. but of course it depends on the platform. Of too. course.
0: Like, y- yeah. You bring up a good point though. And like you said, we're not perfect and, Mistakes right. happen, and you may right. say something comes out wrong or you just didn't mean it, and you realize that you <laughs> made a mistake and you've offended yes. how how what's the best way for someone to to handle that in your opinion? Yeah.
1: I mean I think just apologizing it and owning it um, and and learning from it, especially if you recognize it um you know, being like, oh, I can't believe I said that. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do better. Or getting ahead of it, um, I think, helps, too. Like, when it comes to names, just asking someone, how do you pronounce your name? And then writing it down phonetically and remembering, you know, and, yeah. you know, saying it until you get it. Um, but, yeah, I think just apo- just an apology goes so far um, in terms of these, little moments where we might have, well, we might misspeak or, um, say something that is insensitive. Um, and then try not to do it again. I think the repetition, most people will give you a pass if you do it once, cause we all make mistakes, but the, you know, if, if you're a person that's continually making these mistakes, kind of thinking about where it comes from and how you can do better.
0: So I think for sure you're changing perspectives just by putting these videos out there and people are taking a look. Has your perspective changed at all in creating this content?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, yes, definitely. I mean, I feel like we're all learning. I feel like there is still a pretty big um, learning curve uh, because I um, think... think especially for white people they learn about racism usually from movies like that's how they feel like they're learning about racism and it's these big sort of dramatic moments like um and everything is tied up in a bow by the end and everything's fine and it also only happened in the 1950s so like we're so far away from that now so it doesn't even impact me um and how fundamentally wrong that is that you know people of color are still dealing with these issues every single day today. Um, So, I mean, I think it's just, it's important to continue these types of conversations, you know, I'm definitely not the only person on TikTok who is having these types of conversations, but um, I think just learning um, that that this perspective is needed. Cause I actually went into it thinking that it would be relatively redundant, but um, I think The biggest piece of feedback I get is like, oh, I just didn't realize how pervasive this language is. I didn't realize how harmful microaggressions are. I always have dismissed them because the word sounds so easy to dismiss, Um, you know, has been a big learning for me. Hey, if you like mom-to-mom and you're a fan
0: of The Hub today, you've got to sign up for our new newsletter. It's called The Hubbub, and it is delivered directly to your inbox every Wednesday morning. We've got great mom-to-mom content on there, recipes, and all kinds of cool stuff. So all you have to do to sign up is go to NBCBoston.com newsletters and click on The Hubbub. What is it that makes you laugh? on TikTok. Oh gosh. What is it that you're watching when you're just scrolling the TikTok and you're not actually making the videos?
1: Yes. Oh, I love comedy videos. I love a point of view videos when people, you know, pick a very specific moment in time, you know, like using a self-checkout line or, um, I don't know, like awkward moments, you know, when you're babysitting and you have to like check out with the dad, you know, and it's this awkward moment when you know it's like, oh, you know, I remember when I was a kid and I used to go to this college too. And it's just awkward. Like I like embarrassed, right? I have
0: secondary embarrassment. Yeah. Because we're
1: those parents like I just want yeah, I just want to deal with the mom and I get stuck with the dad. And it's like no. (laughs) Um I like love those, and I just think they're so smart, and they're always so relatable. Um, and picking these little moments that happen to all of us um, and reenacting them, I like. There that. was one that was just so amazing when somebody like ran into their mom's friend in the parking lot of like a Target, and and it was just awkward. And I just I love videos like that. They me just, too. They it's it's that
0: very Jerry Seinfeld type of observational yes. humor that gets yes. me and obviously that's your sweet spot um yes. as well so the observational <laughs> stuff and just the everyday things can be so so funny um so <laughs> Before we go, we, we haven't talked much about you, you. So you are a mom. You have two kids, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And yes, two daughters.
0: this seems like it would take up all of your time, but you have a full-time corporate job as well.
1: Um, yes, I do. I
0: would ask you how you, how you balance it all, but we know that that's not the question to ask, right? That's a very charged
1: <laughs> question. I try to be very careful with that.
0: How do you balance it all?
1: Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, there's 24 hours in the day. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I feel like, um, I, I mean, creating videos really doesn't take me that long. Um, and it's fun. I, it's something that I enjoy doing. It's a creative outlet. Um, and I usually do it in the evenings. I'm a green, you know, most of my videos are in front of a green screen. So I just need a light and a camera and I'm fine. Um, you know, I haven't gone into TikTok premium where I'm shooting on set. And then, yeah, I mean, I have a nine to five corporate job that I really like. Um, and then I'm, I'm with my kids before school, after school weekends. Um, I think it's just all about, you know, planning out the day. I'm a planner. I like to have the day planned. Um, but I get it all in and if I don't, then Speaking of getting it all in,
0: I'm not good with planning and we only have like less than 60 seconds left in the show, but I promised a quick fire. So I'll ask you answer quick favorite snack that you steal from the kid's stash.
1: Oh, Oh. Swedish fish.
0: Last meal that you cooked.
1: Tacos from a box. That's all
0: right. Last person (laughs) that you called on the phone, not texted called
1: my mom. Ooh, favorite podcast. Oh, I'm listening to a show called Wooden Overcoats. It's hilarious. Do recommend. It's about a funeral home. People who own a funeral home in England. It's hilarious. So random. <laughs> I love
0: it. And last thing you Googled,
1: if you can remember. Oh, um, I, I think something from my kid's school, a scholastic book I needed to order. You're Very boring.
0: Mine was one of the things <laughs> called under here because I feel like they're getting kind of puffy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I know. I usually it's way more unhinged, but
0: way more unhinged. Um this was so much fun, Claire. Thank you for being here. We oh, covered like serious material you. but we had a great time doing it. So I think that's we your did. that's kind of the name of your game, right? <laughs> yeah. Thank All you right. for having thank me. Thank you so much.